I told you Oklahoma was the most important game on Tennessee's schedule next fall. Now let's rank those opponents 1 through 12 here on a Friday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. I'm Eric Kane. I'm glad to have you guys along for the ride, kicking off your weekend with us here today, starting that tailgate on your way to work, maybe on your way to work out, maybe uh, commuting the carpool lane, whatever the case may be. Appreciate you guys for being here and making Locked On Balls a part of your morning. Uh, big shout out to FanDuel, where you can make every moment more over at FanDuel Sportsbook uh, by downloading that sportsbook, the free a uh, free, easy-to-use app, or at FanDuel.com slash on. Uh, got a show that I think you're going to like today. We're going to rank the opponents for a Tennessee football schedule next fall. Uh, ESPN put out a, a story that I thought was interesting. The, a question for each of the top 25 football teams, um, according to ESPN. I'll tell you what their question is for Tennessee and some other questions for Tennessee opponents as well. And then we'll get into Grant Ramey talking Tennessee basketball in segment number three. It's free to download, free to watch, view, subscribe. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, that is Locked on Vols, and I can't thank you enough for helping me spread the show. Okay, so let's look at Tennessee's opponents for the 2024 season. Of course, we know that Tennessee will kick off the 2024 campaign at home against UTC. That's August 31st. We know that it's going to have a Duke's Mayo Classic-themed neutral site contest. Get excited for that against NC State on September the 7th. Kent State will come to uh, Neyland Stadium the following weekend on September 14th, and then Tennessee will travel to Oklahoma for the fourth game of the year on September 21st. You get a bye week, then you're back on the road at Arkansas, at home against Florida, at home against Alabama for the third Saturday in October. Then you have an off week. Then you're hosting Kentucky, hosting Mississippi State on the road to Georgia, back home for homecoming against UTEP, and then on the road to Vanderbilt to conclude the 2023-2024 season. So I thought it'd be fun if we go ahead and rank these opponents. Well, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time at the top. We're going to go in reverse order from weakest to strongest. So at number 12, it's going to be UTC. Uh, Tennessee's played UTC a ton of times. Of course, it's in the family in the uh uh, University family of the Tennessee, of course, UT Chattanooga, 39-2 and two all-time against UTC in that series. They first played back in 1899. Um, Tennessee has won its most recent ones, 45-10 to no- to in 2014, 45 to nothing in 2019. And uh, the only time UTC's ever beaten Tennessee was back in 1905, where the Vols fell five to nothing. You got to love old, old, old school football, right? That was when UTC was known as Grant Memorial University. In case you're, in case you're uh, wondering, well, uh, UTC is going to be the easiest game on the schedule, in my opinion. The second easiest game on the schedule is going to be Kent State. Kent State went one and eleven this past fall. Uh, the lone win came against Central Connecticut State in September. Um, heading into the offseason, Kent State was dead last in ESPN's uh, football power index rankings at number 133. Now, I haven't checked it lately, but entering the offseason at the conclusion of this past regular season, Kent State was dead last. So Kent State is going to be there at number 11. At number 10, it'll be a little homecoming bout for the Tennessee Volunteers, UTEP. UTEP has a new head coach. It took Austin P. 
uh, Austin Peay's former head coach, Scotty, Scotty Waldman. And um, it's going to try to revamp that program. Let's see here. UTEP. Tennessee's 3-0 against UTEP in a series. Uh, they first played back in 1986. Most recent games were shutouts for Tennessee, 24-0 in 2018, 56 to nothing in 1990. Um, and uh, again, it's a program trying to start over and, and, and took a head coach from the mid-state here at, at, uh, at uh, Austin P for the Govs and Scotty Walden. All right, so we got that out of the way. Well, um, the 10th toughest game, or the 9th toughest game on the schedule is going to be at Vanderbilt. I still have no clue who Vanderbilt's quarterback is. Um, if you know, you can let me know. I'll figure it out and you know whenever they start playing Tennessee next November um, because the you know the, the quarterback will change at Vanderbilt a couple times throughout the season as it always does. Tennessee will conclude the regular season as it always does with its in-state foe Vanderbilt on November the 30th on Thanksgiving weekend. Of course, Vanderbilt was 2-10 and last year and lost all three of its scholarship quarterbacks that were on roster for this past season. And Tennessee just walled Vanderbilt um, to conclude the regular season this past uh, just a couple of months ago. I can't really remember the score. I've slept since then, but boy, Tennessee just, I'll tell you because it's going to bug me, Tennessee just uh, boat raced them as typically is what happens in this series. Tennessee won 48 to 24. All right. So Vanderbilt on the road, though, it's going to be a road game. It'll be more like a home game for Tennessee. Um, eighth toughest game on the schedule. I'm going to go Mississippi State. All right. New head coach, Jeff Levy. Of course, we know about Levy's system. Jeff Levy came from the Hypel system. He doesn't run it exactly the same, but there's some similarities there. Going to be a lot of plays run, a lot of tempo. Um, Blake Shapin, the former Baylor quarterback, Came to Mississippi State via the transfer portal. Of course, Will Rogers has left and uh, you know entered the transfer portal. Tennessee's twenty nine and sixteen and one all time against Mississippi State. First meeting was back in nineteen oh seven. The Vols have won ten of the last twelve matchups, including a twenty to ten win at Neyland Stadium back in twenty nineteen. If you remember, Tennessee just ran the football the entire game that game. Um, the Vols beat Mississippi State twenty four to fourteen in the SEC championship game all the way back in nineteen ninety eight en route to a BCS National Championship, if you uh, remember that game. So uh, Mississippi State starting over. Jeff Levy, I think, is going to be uh, a success there, even though it's it's kind of a, a hard place to win in Mississippi State. Uh, but I think that is going to be the eighth toughest game on the schedule. So at number seven and six, I can kind of flip-flop and go either way here. But at number seven, I'm going to go NC State because I do value quarterback play. And though he's taken a step up from Coastal Carolina going to the ACC, I think Grayson McCall is a good quarterback, and NC State wasn't bad last year. NC State, 9-4, and four, I think they won their last five games. Tennessee's 2-1 and one all time against NC State. Uh, Tennessee lost 16 to nothing in Raleigh back in 1911, um, but won, let's see here, won 13-0 in 1939, and then beat... NC State 35-21 in the Georgia Dome most recently back in 2012. That was the Cordero Patterson game. Um, I hate the fact that this is a neutral side game. Um, Tennessee's played at Bank of American Stadium here recently against West Virginia a couple years ago, but uh, whatever the case is, it's that's going to be what it is. I, I think NC State's roster is okay. I think it got much better with a quarterback in Grayson McCall. Number six, I'll go Arkansas. Um, because it is a road game, and uh, depending on that, how that Alabama game goes, I think it's really important because you have at Alabama, then you're off, and then you're back at Arkansas. Tennessee needs to win on the road, of course. Uh, no K.J. Jefferson. 
I think Taylor Green from Boise State is going to be the quarterback from Arkansas. Sam Pittman obviously got a new offensive coordinator, but Sam Pittman is coaching for his life this year. So they're going to have a whole lot to play for coming off a four and eight season. But um, Arkansas still got some players, and it's going to be on the road. It's going to be a good environment. That's why I have it ranked above NC State at number six. At number five, let's go Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee, we know this historically, owns Kentucky, all that. Uh, it's going to be at home. Tennessee very much owns Kentucky at home. But Kentucky and Tennessee have played, with the exception of 2022, Tennessee and Kentucky have played some really close games here of late, really close games. And um, probably got an upgrade at quarterback with Brock Vandergriff, though we haven't really seen Brock Vandergriff as a starter uh, throughout his tenure. There's a lot of high upside there. And there wasn't um, a whole lot that you got from the quarterback position at Kentucky this past season. But they go to the transfer portal again. We know the collection of wide receivers that they have. They're going to have to replace a really, really good running back in Ray Davis on the ground. But Kentucky and Tennessee here lately, it's always been kind of a dogfight. I like Tennessee at home, but that to be a challenging game. That's at number five. At number four, I'll go Florida. Much like Tennessee owns Kentucky, yeah, we know Florida very much owns Tennessee in this series for the last 15, 16 years. Um, it's unfortunate, but Tennessee did win the last time these two teams played at Neyland Stadium, 38-33, to I believe was the final score. Tennessee was winning like crazy, and then Florida made a, a comeback. Anthony Richardson had his uh, Heisman-like game that game, but Tennessee was still able to win. Uh, you've got Graham Mertz, who's coming back to quarterback the Florida Gators. Um, I still think Tennessee's roster is better. I still think Tennessee should not have lost that game on the road last year. Uh, coming at home, Tennessee better win this game. But uh, for some reason, despite the what roster you know each team possesses that year, Tennessee and Florida typically does not go Tennessee's way, unfortunately. Uh, that's why I've got it so high at number four. At number three is going to be Oklahoma in terms of ranking the opponents because I think Georgia and Alabama are going to be better than Oklahoma, but we know the importance of the game of Oklahoma. Oklahoma won 10 games this past year. Jackson Arnold, that era starting to take over uh, in Norman. Former five-star quarterback. A lot of toys to play with. Again, it's super important. Number one, in my opinion, as we spoke on on yesterday's show, uh, first true road test of the season for Tennessee. Um, and I think it's a pretty good squad. So I'll put Oklahoma at number three. At number two, I'm going to go Alabama. Yes, Nick Saban's retired. Yes, Kellen DeBoer's come over. Seems like he's lost a bunch of his assistant coaches that he wants to get on staff. I recognize that. Um, yes, some Caleb Downs has left for Ohio State. Some other players have gone to the draft. Some other players have gone to the transfer portal. I get all that. There's a lot of changes in Tuscaloosa. As I said on the other show, or yesterday or the day before, I don't think that if you look at every single position on the field, I'm not sure Alabama is better anywhere than they were in 2023. But Alabama still got a good roster because Nick Saban built that roster. You know what I'm saying? So it's still going to be a challenging game. Don't get me wrong. It's still going to be a very challenging game. Third Saturday in October, last time the game was played in Neyland Stadium, we know what happened. Jalen uh, Hyatt went off and Tennessee won 52-49. to Can Tennessee win again? We'll see. But I have Alabama as the second toughest opponent Tennessee will face next year. And then number one is Georgia. Uh, Carson Beck comes back. Georgia, of course, is uh, missing a lot of players to the draft, as it always is. But good coaching staff, much like I said about Alabama and how Nick Saban built that roster. Kirby Smart, top recruiting class over top recruiting class over top recruiting class. You know the drill. Georgia is going to be tough. And 
you're back on the road this year at Sanford Stadium. So that is going to be a challenge with Carson Beck under center. Let me know what you think. Do you agree with me? Tennessee's opponents ranked 1 through 12 or 12 down to 1. Okay, weak is the strongest. UTC, Kent State, UTEP at Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, neutral side against NC State at Arkansas, Kentucky, Florida at Oklahoma, Alabama, and at Georgia. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear your thoughts as we continue on by looking at some question marks for the top 25 teams in the country here on a Friday, Locked on Balls. I do want to tell you about our friends, a new sponsor of the show, and I'm happy to have them aboard. It is Iboda. Grocery bills are so expensive these days, but now they don't have to be. Start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with free Iboda app. The cash back every time you shop. Do you love making money, but also... <laughs> also love uh but also love spending money uh don't we all right you don't want to spend that money you love making the money you can make money while we spend it every time you use the ibota app ibota is a free app it gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items in the grocery store to beauty supplies to toys so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing the average ibota user earns 256 dollars per year that could cover the cost of an entire grocery trip, so you can buy that uh, flight you've been eyeing, or you can, you know, buy that game you've been going, you know, that game you want to go see, uh, or fancy dinner that you've been craving. I mean, you can do a lot with two hundred and fifty-six dollars, and that's what the average Ibota user saves per year. Join the over fifty million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over two thousand seven hundred brands and uh, re of retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Best Buy, and a whole lot more. Right now, Ibota is offering our listeners five dollars just for trying Ibota out by using the promo code Locked On College when you register. Just go to the App Store or your Google Play Store, download the free Ibota app, start earning cash back, and and use the promo code Locked On College. That's Ibota, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store. Use the promo code Locked On College. More of Locked On Vaults coming up next, right here on the show. All right, so I was perusing over on the ESPN app the other day, and I saw a story that kind of caught my eye, and I think it'll catch your eyes as well. Uh, the headline is the biggest spring questions for college football's top 25 teams. Um, it's written by a couple of the guys and contributors, uh, guys and gals over at ESPN.com. And if you scroll down to where they have Tennessee ranked at number 16, here's the question marks surrounding Tennessee this spring. Will Tennessee's new defensive backfield excel? It's a really good question because it's brand new. This is what the blurb here from ESPN says about that. Quote, the NCAA poking around Tennessee's program and its recruitment of quarterback Nico Iamaliava and then Tennessee's fiery legal responses to that probe has dominated the offseason headlines. Yes, it has. Tennessee fans can't wait to see Iamaliava as QB1 for the Vols. He has tons of talent, but one of the things to watch this spring will be how the Tennessee retools its defensive backfield. The starters from 2023 are all gone, and there were also an exodus in the portal. But the balls, the balls like some of their younger players in the secondary, and also did their own in bringing in through the portal, bringing in Oregon State cornerback Jermaud McCoy. Uh, we get our first chance this spring to see Tennessee's new look defensive backfield, and um, that's from Chris Lowe, of course, who has Tennessee ties and who writes about Tennessee um, and the SEC over at ESPN.com. I would agree with all that. Um, I mean, the biggest question for Tennessee this year is Nico. Is Nico the real deal? What is does Nico live up the expectations? You know, what is Nico 
uh, do in terms of being QB1 on a consistent game-by-game basis? I mean, for sure, that's the biggest question mark. But, you know, I mean, there's question marks is that left guard. There's question marks um, in terms of who's going to be the second outside wide receiver, RB3, um, linebacker 2 besides Keenan Peele. I mean, there's questions all over the place, but there's question marks over the entire secondary. Wesley Walker, Jalen McCullough, your two starting safeties, gone. One transferred, one graduated. Um, Tamari McDonald, your star player, your nickelback, gone. He transferred. Kamal Haddon, NFL draft. Gabe Judy Lolly, graduating NFL draft. Danico Slaughter, um, transferred. Those were your cornerbacks. And then, you know, Brandon Turnage transferred. Warren Burrell transferred. <laughs> Jack Luttrell transferred. Um, there's one more. I'm trying. Oh man, I'm uh, Deshaun Rucker transferred. All those guys transferred. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure Tennessee had like nine players from the defensive backfield that ended up transferring. Um, so it's quite the list. But the entire slew of starters back there, all five, six, seven that were in their rotation, have entered the transfer portal or have graduated. So Tennessee's starting over, and I believe, like Chris Lowe mentions here at ESPN.com, that Jermod McCoy coming over from Oregon State, where he was a freshman All-American. I think that he's going to be a guy that plays a major role for Tennessee at one of the cornerbacks. I think Ricky Gibson um, is going to be a starter at cornerback as well. Got his toes wet a little bit as a, as a true freshman, and I think he's going to be out there. I think that Andre Turrentine, who finished the season out as the starting safety due to injuries to Wesley Walker, is going to be a safety. I think potentially Jacoby Thomas um, from MTSU, a lot of plays under his belt, but now stepping up to bigger competition at, uh, at at the SEC level. How does he fare? Potentially John Slaughter, who was a reserve last year, could step in and play. Um, I think Jacoby Thomas, who played who played some, but again has been bit by the injury bug throughout his career, could be your starting star. And then you have some freshmen who I think could step up and and contend for some spots. I mean, Boo Carter at the star position, I think, can play some. I think. You know, Caleb Beasley can play some at the cornerback position. Where's sophomores or retro freshman Jordan Matthews and, and Christian Conyer? Uh, what about some of those other cornerbacks that you brought in via the transfer portal? I don't know. You know, we'll see. But I do think one of the biggest questions for Tennessee this spring certainly is the defensive backfield and certainly is, you know, cornerback, star, and safety. What are some of these other questions that are asked of top 25 teams? I won't go into it in detail, but I do want to kind of peruse over this uh for the number one team the georgia bulldogs the question is will the bulldogs be able to replace their departing defensive stars i mean that's the question every single year for georgia because they go from georgia to the philadelphia eagles right uh tyke smith javon bullard kamari lassiter um those are some guys that you know come to mind whereas it's been more front seven it's more of the back end secondary this year that georgia loses for ohio state will quarterback will howard formerly of uh, Kansas State, how will he adjust to the new offense as he replaces Cal McCord, who transferred out because he was afraid of a quarterback competition? Uh, go to Oregon Ducks. Who will win the quarterback battle? Is it going to be Dylan Gabriel or is it going to be Dante Moore? Both of those guys went from UCLA and Oklahoma to Oregon and are going to be competing for the starting quarterback job. For Texas, what will the passing game look like? Well, you got Quinn Ewers. So I feel like you're going to be in good shape. Notre Dame, can Riley Leonard, formerly of Duke, shine in his first season with the Irish? We will see. Ole Miss, uh, what all the team's transfer additions, uh, will all the team's transfer portal additions be able to transition easily? We talked about all offseason. It's either going to be boom or bust. Uh, Lane Kiffin prides himself on being the portal king. 
and he got a lot of great pieces. How's that locker room going to be? How's that team chemistry going to be? I am intrigued to find out. That's the question for Ole Miss. For Missouri, will the Tigers be able to have another strong defensive season? We will see. Uh, Tyron Harper, a linebacker, is is no longer going to be there. Chris Abrams, drain at cornerback, no longer going to be there. Those two guys will be in the NFL draft. Uh, for Penn State, at number eight, will we'll, um, the new offensive coordinator be able to revitalize the Nittany Lions offense? For Alabama, can Kellen DeBoer deal with the pressure of his new job? I mean, whoever was going to step in after Nick Saban, good luck, uh, because that is you talk about pressure. That's a great question there, you know, for Alabama. Number 10, number 10 for Utah. Will the Utes thrive with a returning Cam Rising at quarterback? Well, he's been in college football for about 12 years, so we'll see. Uh, LSU. Will LSU be able to shore up its pass defense? Let's see. Yeah, that defense last year was totally, totally off and did not complement a Heisman Trophy winner quarterback for LSU. For Oklahoma, how ready is Jackson Arnold? Ready or not, he, he's going to be the guy. Uh, Florida State, can another elite transfer class help Florida State repeat as ACC champions? We will see. Uh, so on and so forth. Here's NC State at number 18. Will the Wolfpack be able to improve their run game? For Clemson, what's going on with the offense? <laughs> it's Kate Klubnick, your quarterback. Um, for Kentucky, can Brock Vandergrove adjust to the new system? We will see. For Miami, what can Cam Ward do for the offense? And for Texas A&M, what does everything look like under Mike Elko? Some of the questions over at ESPN.com for each of the top 25 teams in spring. And the question for Tennessee, will Tennessee's new defensive backfield excel? Um, we will see. We won't know by the end of spring practice. We'll only know whenever they start playing football games uh, in uh, the fall coming up in a couple of months. But uh, we'll see. I'm excited to see what it looks like. All right. Going to get a word in here from our friends over at FanDuel. Then check in with Grant Ramey of AllQuest.com. That's coming up next as we continue on with Locked On Vols. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. Quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and a whole lot more. NBA is happening right now. It's hitting the second half of the schedule after the All-Star break. Got college basketball happening right now as March inches closer. What a time. You got spring practice. Pitchers and catchers have already reported. Major League Baseball is about to start, and football just a couple of months away. No better time to have some fun, have a rooting interest in the game on the safe, secure Easy to use app. You can put some coin in your pocket over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot today. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. I want to talk a little Tennessee basketball here as we conclude a Friday Locked On Vols. Grant Ramey, my colleague over at VolQuest.com. Grant, earlier in the week, Tennessee battles back. It was an ugly, ugly first half. But then Dalton Connect took over. Tennessee wins 72-67 on the road, avoids an upset in Missouri, and keeping you know keeping another blemish off the resume. I guess is how a good way to phrase it. Yeah, it was ugly when it was ugly, uh, but they found a way to respond. I don't really think there's a ton of ugly wins in college basketball on the road. You can play ugly, but a road win is a road win. Um, Rick Barnes talked after the game about them losing their poise in the first half and. Uh, just trying to kind of create stuff one-on-one -on -one when that's not really what they want to do. They want to share the basketball. They want to run their stuff. So for them to find a way to answer in the second half, they've lost their poise at earlier points this season against Texas A&M uh, at Mississippi State. 
it felt like they didn't respond the way they did at Missouri. And Missouri's not a good basketball team, obviously. Um, they're probably not as bad as their record says they are, but they're not good. But Tennessee found a way to do it. And, uh, and you know, Dalton Connect, only like Dalton Connect could do it. He goes over eight, and then he makes six shots in a five-minute span. He misses two shots that turn into Jonas Adu putbacks. And then he has that uh, overhead two-hand pass to a wide-open Tobey Awaka under the rim to give it to an 11-point lead there in the second half. So for him to score 15 of 17 in the second half, go on that crazy spurt, man, like only he can. That's I think that's obviously the difference with this team and so many other Tennessee teams is you got a guy that can get you a bucket and can absolutely take over a basketball game. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I was just kind of thinking back to some years prior, you know, the last couple of seasons and a lot of the same faces, a lot of the same guys. But, I mean, and again, you, you see playing on the road, it, it wasn't easy. You said to work for it and grind it out. But, I mean, without Dalton Connect, you're relying on Santiago Vescovi and Josiah Jordan-James and some of the – Zakai Ziegler, some of these guys to, to be the guy and to get right. you points. Tennessee – and that was a problem for the last couple of years. Tennessee just didn't have enough points – this year, you got a guy that can score on anybody, anytime, anywhere. And when he goes on that little spurt, that little six-minute spurt where he, you know, scored fifteen of the seventeen points or whatever, um, it, it just truly shows you how dynamic of a player he is. But but how good Tennessee can be, and how Tennessee can really beat anybody in the country. Yeah, I always go back to NCAA tournament last year in the Sweet Sixteen in the second half. Uh, Florida Atlantic was up seven, and it felt like they might as well have been up twenty-seven because you didn't know who was going to go get you a bucket. And Olivier had been that guy in the second round against Duke. He was incredible. 27, whatever he hit, he had all the big shots, those big threes. Um, even Tyreek Key in the first round, I think he led them in scoring against Louisiana. Tyreek Key of all people. And then, but in, in the Sweet 16, when it, you know, when crunch time happened and everybody started getting a little bit nervous and you start thinking about, man, the clock's ticking, what are we going to do? You get down seven. If you don't have somebody to get the ball to and go get you a bucket, you're hurting. And, and at Missouri in the second half, Tennessee lets Missouri go three for four from the three-point line to start the second half after playing as poorly as Tennessee did in the first half, and they get out to a seven. I think seven was the biggest lead in that game, too. And for them to have somebody they can go to and say, take over this basketball. Now, they don't – what you don't want is relying on Dalton every night to give you 35. Like, they need Dalton to be Dalton, but they also need a Jonas Adu to be Jonas Adu or a Zakai Ziegler to be Zakai Ziegler. They need that secondary and third options to play well. You don't have to have five guys in double figures every night. It's not going to be balanced like that all the time, like we have seen it sometimes uh, this season, but you need those supplements to go with Dalton Connect because he can take the game over. You just don't want the entire 40 minutes on his back, I guess. Well, let's talk about the fourth or the fifth option when he's on the court, and he was just magnificent for Tennessee the other night. Toby Awaka. Um, points and times, he's, had, he's he's looked really good. He's really aggressive on the defensive end. We know this. Um he had a really good summer. I remember you and I were talking about his, you know, mm -hmm. couple of months with USA Basketball. Um, you're not going to get that from Tobey every single game, but man, I mean, w w what a burst he had, especially in the first half when he was the only one doing anything for Tennessee. I think it's a glimpse into what he can be and what the future could be for him. The, the dude's got touch, and he knows how to score in the post. I think he just gets in too much of a hurry, and he rushes himself when he gets the ball down there. And I think that's what they're trying to still teach him at this point in his career is to slow down. Do your work early, as Rick Barnes says, with those post guys. And that's that's what they really needed at Missouri was for him to just clear out, get the ball down there, and find a way to score it. He's going to get your rebounds, offensive, defensive, both ends of the floor. He's going to be great on the glass. But for him to score 18 and for him to get big buckets when they needed big buckets, I mean, there was one point in the first half, I think they got down five, and he scored four straight. Like, you have to have that little 
spurt to to keep this thing from getting out of hand because if it if it's if that snowball starts rolling downhill on the road in college basketball it don't matter if it's a team with a 12 game losing streak or the number one team in the country like it's hard to reverse that momentum so for him to help stabilize and then to score more in the second half and and, and go out there with a career high 18 and uh, 10 rebounds to a double double it's it's a glimpse of what he can be and to see him do that at this point this season I thought it was very impressive because he's he's struggled at times and it felt like maybe JP Estrella was was gaining some ground on him in terms of the rotation, uh, but he kind of established himself the other night. And if he can do that, man, that's huge for Tennessee. Yeah, and also JP Estrella hadn't played in like a month because <laughs> of the injury too. Um, two more questions. Um, I, when Tennessee took over that game in Missouri uh, in the second half, Josiah Jordan James played six minutes. Tobey played. Uh, I don't have in front of me probably close to twenty minutes. Um, do we see Tennessee? At least it's nice to know you have that option. But do we see Tennessee? Go with two big men with with Tobey and Jonas out there more as the season progresses because it obviously worked against Missouri. I think it depends on matchups. I think teams that want to slow down Tennessee and play physical, like we've seen with South Carolina, uh, Vanderbilt did it to them, Texas A and M did it to them, College Station. I think those kind of lineups they'll probably go more Tobey and Jonas. I think the teams that want to play, they Tennessee wants to play fast. If if it had its preference, it's going to play fast and it's going to have Joe at the four. So they can play fast. I think that's going to happen against the Alabamas, uh, maybe against the Auburns that want to play fast, Kentucky uh, March 9th in, in Knoxville in the season finale. So there, it just depends on the matchups. But when when Rick did go Jonas Tobey, that's what changed the game in the second half, that two-big lineup that changed everything for Tennessee. And, uh, and Tennessee has needed answers against that physicality and against those teams that want to slow them down. So if they could find something, and develop that two big men look a little bit more. It's not like we haven't seen it before, but if it has success and, and can kind of help defend that, uh, what teams are trying to do and have had success against Tennessee doing, I think it's a big development for Tennessee moving forward, especially at this point in the season. All right, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Tennessee's going to be looking for, for some revenge. It just got bullied uh, down there in College Station a couple of weeks ago. Know that Texas a is a really good rebounding team, but what needs to change this go-around? I know Tennessee will play better because it's at home, but – um, you can't have that type of uh, production and that type of results against the Aggies again. No, and strangely enough, Texas A&M has not won a game since it beat Tennessee uh, two weeks ago in College Station, whatever it was. They've lost three straight since then. What Tennessee has to do, uh, you can't start as slow as you did at Texas A&M. You can't wait, let Wade Taylor the fourth and Tyrese Radford hit eight threes in the first eight minutes of the game and just absolutely torch you. Um, Tennessee in college station got out coached, they got outplayed, they got out schemed, they got basically out everything. And, and Tennessee, now at this point in the season, what two weeks left, three weeks left, you got to take care of home court because you've got Auburn coming to town, you've got AM coming to town, you've got Kentucky, and you got to go to Alabama and you got to go to South Carolina. And there's still a lot on the line. I mean, Tennessee's second place in the SEC, they're game back of Alabama. Uh, they could have used some more help from Florida and Tuscaloosa the other night, but they didn't get it. And, and Alabama escapes that one in overtime. So there's you know, Tennessee kind of controls its own destiny because it already has a win over Alabama and they go to Alabama uh, here in a couple weeks and it's going to be really hard to win down there. Uh, but you want that top four in the SEC standings for the SEC tournament. You want to stay on that number two seed line for the NCAA tournament. You better start by pounding A&M and, and taking care of business and looking like a pissed off basketball team because they went to A&M and that was probably 40 of their worst minutes of basketball all season in terms of just never really being in the game. Not all that competitive. Uh, kind of got pushed around a little bit, humbled a little bit. So uh, they should have a point to prove. It's going to be a capacity crowd sold out. All their home games left are sold out. So 
take care of home court, see what you can do on the road, and, and try to start playing your best version of whatever you're going to be heading into Mark. Yeah, we'll see if a USA Today writer wants to say that uh, Buzz Williams inadvertently accidentally stepped on the court. <laughs> accidentally. Accidentally, accidentally stepped on the court. I'm going to run on the court. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run on the court. If I get arrest, I'm going to it's an accident. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. It's, it's a totally, totally Actually, I'll need court. you to write that it was an accident. I accidentally ran on the court. <laughs> I, I, if it's you, I got you. I got you. Okay, All right, Grant, appreciate it. it as always, man. Thanks so much. All right, see you. All right, that is Grant Ramey, my buddy, my colleague over at VolQuest.com. And uh, you can follow his work over there on Twitter at Grant Ramey and, of course, at VolQuest.com. He'll have you covered throughout the Tennessee basketball game and uh, plenty of post-game reaction and all that tomorrow night against Texas A&M. Appreciate you guys, as always. Thanks so much for tuning in and checking us out here on Lockdown Vols, ranking Tennessee's opponents in segment one. Question marks for all, for every top 25 team uh, from ESPN.com. That was a whole lot of fun as they looked at Tennessee's backfield and, of course, talking hoops with Grant Ramey. Had fun today. We'll have fun over the weekend. We'll have fun on Monday when we come back right here on Lockdown Vols.